Welcome to episode 144 of the Force Geeks of Star Wars podcast. We're so glad you're joining us once again as we bring you an incredible interview from the galaxy far, far away. This is our 18th show of our fourth season, and this week, rather than just share some of the interview we brought you on the last pod, we're giving you the full access, full meal deal to the uncut and unedited interview with the terrific Diana Lee Inosanto. Uh, you got a lot from the edited version last week, but you get the whole thing today. And it just so happens that the day we're releasing this podcast, Monday, May 29th, just also happens to be Diana's birthday. We wish you a very wonderful birthday. And also, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't also pass along our sincere condolences to you and your fellow cast members and crew members of Ahsoka. We tragically lost Ray Stevenson last week. He performed as the character Balin in the show and Diana shares a bit about just how much she, uh, also Ray, Lars Mikkelsen, and Ivana Sakno all bonded together while playing their villains in the show. And Ray was a tremendous talent, and you can tell just how much Diana and the rest of the crew were really touched by him. This interview was recorded about a week before Ray's passing, so bear that in mind when you're listening. While this is a truly sad thing to process, there's so much positivity to celebrate about the work they all did together. And Diana was just an absolute delight to speak with. I was joined by my fellow Force Geek podsters, Jake Scott and Matt Tagami. Take a listen to our pre-recorded interview with Diana. We've got a terrific guest for you guys today. I'm really excited about this as we're getting the chance to bring you a conversation with an actor who has appeared in The Mandalorian and is uh, is reprising her role, I should say. Uh, This is the big news that came out recently, reprising the role on the upcoming Ahsoka series. Joining us on the Force Geeks podcast is a truly multi-talented force of nature. She's a martial artist, stunt performer, an actress, a writer, a director, and even a children's book author. She has appeared in numerous films and TV shows over the course of her career, worked on them, but for Star Wars fans, she is perhaps best known for her role as the magistrate, Morgan Elsbeth, who appeared in the second season of The Mandalorian in the episode titled The Jedi. In addition to her work in the Star Wars universe, she has also worked on other major franchises, such as The Fast and Furious, Star Trek, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so much stuff out there beyond her on-screen work She is a highly respected martial artist. Uh, Please welcome the magistrate herself, Diana Lee Inosanto, to the podcast. Diana, thank you so much for making time for us. Yay! Yay. So cool to meet you. Beautiful, beautiful welcome. Thank you. Uh, You have such uh, an interesting career to follow with everything that's going on. And I want to follow the ebbs and the flows and everything. We're obviously a Star Wars show, so we're going to talk a lot about Star Wars because, hey, that's what we do. But uh, you are all in. You got your Empire Strikes Back shirt on. You were one of us. I love this. I love this. Uh, What age were you when you first became associated or knew about Star Wars? Oh, 10. 10. I was at... um a martial arts, an international martial arts camp with my father. And uh, it was in Aspen, Colorado. And there were people from all over the world coming to see my dad and some of the other, you know, renowned martial artists for that time. And um, they everybody decided, because, you know, Aspen at that time was not the Aspen that we know today. It right. was really yeah. kind of a small town kind of feeling to it. And uh, it was a Saturday night and everybody wanted to go to the local movie theater 
and see this project or this movie that called Star Wars, right? And I'd seen some of the trailers. I'm like going, wow, that looks cool. Yes, let's go see this dad. I went with my mom, my brother, and the whole theater was packed. And um, I tell you, that feeling watching Star Wars, I had never experienced something like the the tone of it. And before even the movie was ending, people were jumping out of their seats like a rock concert. I, and I, and just the energy, I mean, it was electric. It was just incredible. And people were just screaming and um, I'll never forget that feeling. And, and even with my father, after we were done seeing the film, I mean, it was awesome. Cause my dad was just like full of energy. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine honey? He's talking to my mom. Like, can you imagine? I bet you they could do, you know, fight scenes with two lightsabers, you know? And, you know, I, he was <laughs> yeah. starting to let his own creativity go. And then funny, when we returned back to California, where we lived, he would go, come on, honey, you know, you know, to my, my brother and I, and he's like, here, you know, and he bought later on these, um, these like sort of plastic telescope looking lightsabers. We've all I seen. had one. Yep. I know what you're talking yeah, about. So you're right. Okay. And yep. he would just kind of go and flow with me with two, with two of them. Talk about foreshadow. No know? kidding. Yeah. And, and, and so I always, and I've always trained weaponry with two weapons and I know how to do two, two weapons as well at the same time. So, I mean, I do, I do staff, I do many other forms of weaponry, but that was my my bread and butter as a martial artist. So it's just so it's so weird that later on as an adult, I would have this fight scene with Rosario. And it was pretty much what my dad had trained me for. And, you know, it was just incredible. What so, I yeah. think is I, what I think is so fun, too, about that episode that you were in, Diana. Uh, and again, it was from season two, the Jedi and Ahsoka is brought into live action at this point. It is a pivotal episode that you are a part of. And yeah. and I know from an interview that you talked before that you didn't even know what your character's name was. And no. the big hubbub afterward is, hey, uh, Baby Yoda has a name. It's Grogu. But you got a name. As well, when you got yeah. to watch this episode, yeah. tell me about yeah. that experience. Yeah, I mean, it was just so surreal because you got to remember when I filmed, uh, you know, for The Mandalorian, I, you know, literally I'm on the set and it, it already feels so surreal for me as a fan that I'm there. You know, in a way I was like, God, I feel like I snuck in here somehow and <laughs> got this role and I'm meeting all these people. And then, and then, you know, uh, once we were done, once I wrapped several weeks later, you know, we're doing... We're on lockdown, right? And then it just, I tell you, my brain was kind of doing a number on me. Like, did that really happen? Was I really there? So finally, when The Mandalorian Season 2 came about, um, I tell you, when my episode, it just, it still didn't feel real to me. And mm-hmm. um, the, what made it real for me, finally, was honestly seeing the reaction of people like you, the, all the podcasts, all the mm-hmm. fans. It, it made me feel finally connected, like, wow, this is real, this is happening. And then to see the joy, to see people applauding the show and you know, particularly that episode, because that was really pivotal for even Dave yeah. Filoni because it was about really showcasing Ahsoka yep. and people really take to that. And the fact that that show, like it was nominated for an Emmy, it was nominated mm-hmm. for a Golden Globe. I mean, to get that kind of accolades is incredible. And John and Dave, I mean- Oh my gosh, those guys have just changed my life, and, <laughs> and Kathleen Kennedy as well. Um, that whole the whole family of Lucasfilm. I mean, I'm just so grateful. But yeah, they kept it a secret that I had a name. <laughs> uh, 
citizen. That must be quite an experience to like be a part of something that is basically a cultural phenomenon yeah. as much as anything else, really. Like Star Wars is just huge. Yeah, it was in so many ways. Yeah, it's it's true. And it's stunning still to me when I think about it, because I'm a late bloomer. I mean, even though I've been around the business since 1987, actually, I was, you know, as a little girl, I was around Uncle Bruce. I was around once in a while movie stars like Steve McQueen and James Coburn because they were part of the martial arts community, you know, around my dad. But honestly, working and, and being in the forefront, that was, this has all been strange for me because I've always been more of service behind the scenes, yeah. whether um, for to survive, I had to be a stunt woman because I had a son with autism. And, um, and, and even then I've been a trainer to the stars. So to finally just have this moment to have, to be part of a cast and to be able to be part of the, uh, the storytelling machine for Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau. And it's just mind boggling guys. I, that's all I can tell you. It's just mind boggling. You touched on so many things I'm excited to talk about. One, your family connection with martial arts, your father, uh, your history with it, your work that you've done that has taken you in front of the camera once again. Uh, And beyond that, uh, I also want to dig into just everything involved with your role from The Mandalorian to what you're doing with Ahsoka, as much as we can talk about at this point, because we're all (laughs) well aware of the famous secrecy that is held tightly by Lucasfilm, and we want to respect that. Yeah. And, and, and make it so that you talk to us again. So uh, with that, uh, tell me about Celebration. Uh, that was such a cool experience to watch you and Ivana up there. She had glowing things to say about you and who you are. From everything I've seen of you in your interviews and then even watching The Sensei, the movie that you, that you wrote, directed, and starred in, you strike me taking on all these different matters. You seem like a very empathetic person to me mm-hmm. that just yeah. comes through. And and she was so complimentary to to you, even though you guys were the baddies on set. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was a great quote. This. It was. Yes. It was yeah. Great. We we have a nickname for our group. Both uh, Yvonne and I, Ray and Lars, we're called the Bond of the Baddies. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. The Bond of the Baddies. Yeah. I always say like they should do, or my husband brought this idea. He goes, you guys should do what, what was that Queen uh, album where you have like the different four yep. faces? The faces, yes. Yes, yep. Yes. Yep. yes. yeah. Yes. Uh, and we were, we were actually very close. But um, yeah, I mean, Ivana and I, I tell you, I, I love this woman so much. My nickname for her is Heart and Soul. Yeah. Wow. Uh, because she is. Um, and, you you know, she's from Ukraine and we all yeah. know what's happening over there. Yes, yes. And so we talked about what's happening and and she has been so grounded despite what's going on. This woman, I can't say enough about this young lady. I, mm-hmm. I always tell her, like, if I had a daughter, I would be so honored if she was like, yeah. Yvonne. You know, because she is young enough to be my daughter. So, yeah. um, but baby sister, uh, yeah, or, yeah. or baby sister—that's what we're going yeah. with. Knees, you know, yeah. Uh, but seriously, she's um, incredible, and the fact that we could share this together and have that moment on stage, holding hands, and uh, you know, being introduced—was uh, this your first celebration? It is. I've so been, tell wow. me about that. Right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Um, I uh, kind of got the news about. about a month before that I would be going to celebration. Cause I yeah. honestly didn't know if they were going to try to keep me a secret yeah. till w- whenever they were going to announce. It. I didn't even know they were going to announce it in August, honestly. And I was like going, Oh, thank goodness. And then I, <laughs> cried. I just cried a mountain of tears and I was so excited. And then I just thought, okay, hold it together. And literally when I got off the plane in London, I'm in the car with my husband and my manager 
and and our driver. And all of a sudden we're getting texts from friends going, oh, congratulations, Diana's in Ahsoka. And I'm like, it's a trap. They're just guessing. (laughs) It's a trap. Don't answer it. And then all of a sudden we start getting more, you know, uh, messages. And all of a sudden there's the trailer. And I'm like, there's a trailer. There's a trailer. And, And to see that trailer and the beautiful music accompanying it and just how magnificent Everybody in the cast looked, the editing. I just, I, I was screaming joy, and I'm sure I scared my driver, but he was <laughs> like, oh, I get to witness this. I get to witness this. But th- then the next day came, and to just all be united um, in the green room. And I'm seeing pe- members from Andor. I'm seeing members uh, from Acolyte. You know, I met Denise. I mean, I'm meeting Andy. I mean, I'm just going, nice. holy smokes. It's just one big uh, Star Wars family gathering, you know, and it was just, it was just so surreal. And, um, and then, you know, we, a lot of us hadn't seen each other since we were filming on the set of Ahsoka. And it's, so it was just beautiful. John was there, Kathleen, and of course, Dave Filoni. And uh, it was just a magical thing. And then we could hear the audience, the roar. It's like a rock concert. It's and intense. Yeah. It is intense. And I had not had really that sensation, honestly, since the time I was a little girl in that movie theater. So now this was even more electrifying, electrifying and and to see how the Star Wars universe, the Star Wars fans have grown, um, it really is incredible. And especially coming out of the pandemic, guys, I just yeah. you guys know. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty powerful yeah. for all of us um, to see Lars. I mean, did you see Lars's face? He was like, holy smokes. I don't yeah. think it was truly understood the power and the energy of what this would bring for all of us, for me, for, for Lars, for, for Ray, Ivana, and all the other, the other members of our star Wars family, you know, um, it, it truly was amazing. And of course, Rosario, she's, she's amazing. Mary, <laughs> and Tasha, they're handling, cause you know, they had already done star Wars. Celebration right. before. They're, they're, they're pros. They're black belts at this, you know? <laughs> like, you know? So, uh, yeah, it was, Diana, uh, when those, when those doors open, I mean, obviously you I've never been to one, especially on your side. When you're walking out, you can't really tell how much. But like, when did it hit you? Like when you turned around and like got to the circle? Yeah, we could hear before the doors open. They're like, oh, be careful. There's going to be fog, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden we can hear something, the power of the just sound alone. We're like, wow. And so Yvonne and I just held hands. Those doors open. And just that that energy that greets you. Um, there's there's nothing like it, guys. You know, that's got to be strange too to do an interview where there's so much like a, a fever pitch of excitement, and and doing it live in front of a huge audience like that. Yeah. Uh, I have to imagine like that adds a little pressure to the game of like, what can I tell these folks that are just feverish for what's coming? For me, I can't speak for Ivana, but for me, I think actually I can kind of maybe can say this. I think the joy, the pure joy, just carried us. Because yeah. now it just felt like we were much, we were a uh, part of a much bigger family, mm. and we wanted to say what was going on. Even, even when we were doing the Ahsoka panel, like I don't know if you saw the photo of us. My favorite photo is the one where, and Rosario was the one who had the brilliant idea. She goes, "Let's get out of this table. Let's turn. Let's go sit on the floor with everybody else." And there's that picture of all of us yes. with, um, with everybody behind us. Yeah, and we were it's just just to watch the the, the secret trailer. Such you a know? great photo. I mean, yeah. My favorite photo because this is what it was all about becoming part of a much 
bigger Star Wars family. And we were right. And I love having all the fans right there behind us with us. It, yep. it was I Star Wars is family. It, sure. it definitely is. And, and with your first role with Star Wars, when it came to the Mandalorian season two, was that your first brush with, with Star Wars, Lucasfilm? I mean, yes. I've read a few interesting things, but was that the first time you got to work with it? Yes. Yeah, okay. it was. It, it absolutely was. And Where were you when you found out that you got this role and how did it come about? <laughs> what did you do when you found out? Of <laughs> some tile and uh, I was looking for tile for my... <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Why wouldn't you be there? I'm, so yep. I'm, I'm getting this call from my manager like, they want you. And I'm like, what? And... <laughs> And then, you know, there's other customers going, what the heck is yes. this woman, you know? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. And, then, and then I knew I couldn't even say what it was that I was going to be in. I had to go outdoors. I'm like, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm a mad woman, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's just, again, I'm repeating myself, but it just it's just an extraordinary feeling. Um, and I cried. Um, I cried even auditioning, to be honest with you. Yeah. you guys. I mean, just just the honor of auditioning uh, for the Star Wars franchise and for Lucasfilm. Because um, I, I knew how much it meant to me mm-hmm. as growing up, mm-hmm. even as a teenager. Listen, um, I think I was sharing earlier with you guys, like, I actually had to kind of hide from all my fellow cheerleading friends that I was a a geek. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I had all John Williams Star Wars albums, you know. You were. That's great. That is definitely geeked him, and I appreciate it. Yeah, I certainly played, you know, I I have uh, a group of friends. um, They're called the D&D boys, Dungeons and Dragons. I used to play Dungeons and Dragons till four or five in the morning. I didn't know any other women that did that, you know, and I just, I kind of. Was like the, the, my girlfriends were not going to understand this, you know. But yeah, sure. I, you are one of us. I love. Yes, it. yes. I love. I so love. <laughs> so to be able to audition, and I actually thought it was a joke at first when my manager called me because he was first of all we're friends. Yeah, but he was trying to at least you know at least represent me out there if he could as a producer and as a director. And even then, I wasn't I wasn't winning. You know, um, it was kind of rough and. Uh, so when he said, you know, there's some producers and they're saying that they know who you are and they want you to audition. I'm like, I don't know anybody involved with Mandalorian. That's crazy. This is this has <laughs> got to be a joke. And then um, he's like, let me vet. Let me see if this is real. And he figured out that, yeah, the casting, you know, Sarah Finn's office. Yeah, they're real. And I had to sign an NDA before yep. I could even look at the sides. Yeah. And I was by myself in my home with my my son who has autism. My husband was away overseas t- uh, teaching martial arts in Italy. And I'm like, I have no one to help me prepare for this role but myself. I really had to fall back on my theater roots. Mm-hmm. And I, luckily with my son, with his autism, he likes to repeat things over and over. So I had to go there over long because it, he's, the, the sides are so well disguised, you would never know in a million years you're reading Star Wars, never. And um, and I did my own research and I had like lines going, even when I was sleeping, I would wake up in the morning and come up with new fresh ideas because I was playing the lines over and over on a tape that I could just get it in me. And then I just thought the one thing I hope is that when I walk in those doors, when I audition, they at least will say, oh yeah, she's definitely an actress. She can act because so many people want to kind of look at the, are distracted by the fact that I'm a physical woman that I've mm-hmm. done martial yeah. arts and stunt work. And, oh, she must not be an actress. And they don't realize 
I've had years of training, um, especially through my aunt and other teachers. And some big um, name teachers too at that. Yes. yes. Yeah. That was all because of the guidance of my aunt, uh, Lilia uh, Inosanto, also known as Lona Nye back in the days of ho- old Hollywood in the 70s. And I just thought, I just want them to know I can really act. I can really, this is really part of my DNA. So, and I cried. It was just an honor to audition. I didn't honestly think I would be chosen. Honestly, I just thought, because I couldn't even get an agent yeah. at that time. Couldn't even get an agent. And so when I got the role, yeah, that's... <laughs> Who you are, just representing in this interview, who you are here is not even close to who you are in this show. You are menacing in the show. It was uh, just like it is a night and day, a switch flips. It is clear that you could act so well because you are intimidating in this role. It is something else. Thank you. Thank you for loving to hate me. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, showed, I showed my son yesterday a clip, the clip, because I was like, he was asking me what I was doing. I was like, oh, I'm going to be talking to her, you know, tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, wow. Yeah. I know. <laughs> he's nine right now. And he lo- he's just getting into Star Wars like full on. And, and he was just like that. She, my five what is she said, doing? What about scary. the lightsaber? Yeah. yeah. He said that. Yeah, my neighbors were saying that too. They're like, wow, I didn't expect that out of you. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's because of years of theater arts training and Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. There it is. How did you approach this role? Because you are playing someone that is so vastly different from who you are as a person. Clearly, the training comes into play. But what do you do to approach that, to be that menacing force? Uh, Right away, I sensed sensed from the pages that I was reading that this was a menacing, manipulative woman, but she's a woman of power. So at first, I started looking at history. I started looking Mm -hmm. at people like... Julius Caesar. I started looking at Catherine the Great. You know, I mean, this comes from my theater training. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I and then I started looking at some of the archetypes um, potentially that we've seen who have been antagonists in the Star Wars universe. I started just kind of getting an understanding of the flavor of mm-hmm. and the approach of the villains, you know. Um, I mean, going all the way to like Spartacus, you know, the yes. empire, you know, right. And I thought, hmm, I think I'm going to tap in and see if I can, you know, luckily I have relatives that live in England. So I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll tap into some uh, like a sort of a mid-Atlantic British sort of uh, um, speech pattern to this to Mm -hmm. this woman um, and and just see if it works, you know, and really um, I, I literally write a backstory to the character of how I came into power, not knowing if that was really truly how she got into power, mm-hmm. um, but just something to to give me a foundation. So at least when I go into the auditioning room, I have a history of what it is to be a powerful woman who may have started out good, but then all of a sudden she's become greedy and, and, you know, she's, you know, lived on, you know, learning to manipulate people and being powerful and not caring for other people and because she has her own motivations. So, yeah, that was kind of pretty much where it started. You know? What was it like to sit in, in the makeup chair first day on set? And, and it, was there someone who was particularly welcoming to you? Uh, you know, you're kind of joining the club at this point. It could be a little awkward the first day of school vibes, all that stuff. <laughs> so, yes. Um, one of the first people I met on the set was Katie Sackoff. My <laughs> no first way. Day. Yes. So I, um, you know, they sent me for whatever reasons they wanted to test wigs and, you know, makeup and all this. Right. And 
I did. I felt like the new kid in a school and I'm sitting there or actually they might've been standing around. They're like, Oh, here, just go sit right here. And I'm just sitting there in this chair on the very far end of the, the makeup and hair trailer, not knowing really anybody. And, and then all of a sudden I hear this voice and I see this beautiful actress coming right, sitting right next to me. And she goes, hi, I'm Katie. You know, who are you? What's your <laughs> name? And I'm, I'm like, Oh, and, and I'm Diana. And it just, it felt like two kids in the cafeteria. Learning. I would have been speechless personally. Yeah. So yeah. you did well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she was just so warm and welcoming. And I just so loved, you know, that she was really just there to, you know, greet me or just to talk to me. And then later on, I was being, you know, shuffled up to, to another floor to meet Pedro. So it nice. was, it was overwhelming. Then I saw, you know, Rosario coming in. So it was just quite overwhelming to be honest with you guys. What an amazing experience. It's so fun that that's the, you know, it's always nice to hear when it's a welcoming experience right Mm -hmm. off the bat, because you are the new kid at school. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will tell you this, the the first person, even, you know, aside from the cat members of the cast and the star Wars universe, it was really John Favreau that came to, to, to greet me when I first. What's What's your impression of him when you're first getting the chance to work with him? What is he like? I I, I know that he's you know, he's an actor, obviously. He's a creator. He's the director. He's the writer. All these things, which I know you can appreciate putting yourself in those same shoes. Yeah, he's my hero. He had me at Swingers. You know, <laughs> amen, yes. amen. One of Nate's swingers. favorites. Yep. Um, and then I remember him from Rudy. And yes, he was the, one of the first actors in the business from the indie filmmaking world mm-hmm. to give me hope that maybe, maybe there's a good probability that if I have the courage to write and direct and star in my own project, that maybe, maybe I could have a possible career yeah. because of people like John Favreau, others, Ken Brana, I think Taco Atiti is in that same mm-hmm. boat, you know, pe- you know, my, my godfather, you know, couldn't get a break in Hollywood mm-hmm. and, and he went back to Hong Kong and he did these small budget films. And so it's, uh, you know, and John to me was an example of that. So when my first day ever to go to the studio, um, I was being greeted in the lobby by John Favreau. I was being told to work with the stunt team, but I was John that actually greeted me. And I'm like, oh my God, here is my hero. I didn't know he was going to be there that day. And then all of a sudden he escorts me through the hallways and he's like, oh, this is this is where we mainly film in this building. Oh, let me take you to the volume, which right. which was wow. overwhelming, wow. guys, because it's I always use uh, I, I use the term. It's like NASA. I mean, you yeah. see all these monitors and all the ILM got people. And I'm just going, what? Wow. Because this was the latest, greatest technology. Mm-hmm. And it's so overwhelming. And then he's escorting me through. And by that time, I'm on the set and they were filming, I think, um, Oh, the first episode one where there's the arena. But at that point, all of a sudden I'm running into Robert Rodriguez and and then there's Dave Filoni and I'm just trying not to have a meltdown, you know, Mm. because I'm going, this feels like a dream now. This is all feeling like a dream. And uh, Robert was familiar with me because he had a show called um, Man at Arms. So I had appeared Mm. on that. And he's like, what are you doing here? And, you know, <laughs> and then John and Dave are like, you guys know each other. And yeah, it was really a weird experience that fate all had us kind of being there in that moment. 
there. And then, you know, John goes, well, I'm going to leave this up to Dave, or I can't remember what his words were. And then Dave kind of looks at me because I think he could tell that I'm just like, Huh? Yeah. It's really happening. And he goes, I'm sure you're wondering how we found you, right? And, and yes. I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah. And he goes, Well, and then he explained the story that um basically they knew they wanted to have, he and John wanted to have somebody that really was truly a martial artist mm-hmm. and who could hopefully act. And he basically said he was on the internet, he plugged in, you know, women martial artists, and somehow it came to my photo. And they clicked on it because oh, this is interesting. And it took them to my trailer for my movie, The Sensei. And that's how it all happened. And they're like, that's let's great. bring her in to read. Yeah. It. It, cool. it had some heavy stuff to act out in that movie as well, which, of course, you wrote that. So uh, it, it, no doubt they got uh, everything they were looking for. No doubt. <laughs> and more. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. You, I was stunned. You know, you I to hide it. That I was <laughs> You've touched upon your your godfather and this connection. I want to talk about your father and and his his role with with how things have conspired to put you where you are today. Talk to us about your family and that godfather connection you have. So for some of you who might not be in the martial arts world, my father is Dan in Osanto, and he's one of the leading authorities of martial arts in general in the world. Um, And um, he started off really as a Kempo karate man when he was in the military and then uh, under the leadership of Ed Parker, I'm going to go back I'm giving you a history lesson real quickly. Yeah. Ed Parker is probably one of the most important people in martial arts history in our country because he is the one that really came up with the tournament circuit, which later rolled out introducing my godfather, the late Bruce Lee yep. uh, this, at the Long Beach championships where my father would meet Uncle Bruce and have to kind of escort him around LA. And they be and from that meeting, they became dear friends. And my father saw something special in Uncle Bruce because he loved his philosophy. You know, you have to remember in the 1960s, nobody was cross-training in other martial arts. You kind of had a stick, like if you were a Korean martial artist, you just did Korean. If you were, mm-hmm. you know, uh you know, Japanese martial arts, you just did Japanese and Chinese. Whereas my godfather was like, no, 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 no. We need to empty our cups, meaning being open-minded. We need to share information. And we also need to share information culturally to help bridge people together. And my father just loved this. And um, and so they became dear friends. And um, from there on, uh, he was training under my godfather, became one of his lead instructors. And they had it. Um, he helped operate the Chinatown school in Los Angeles. Wow. And from there, um, you know, uh, you know, I was born <laughs> in 1960. <laughs> I want to say 60s. Yeah, in the 60s. And, um, <laughs> and um, you know, um, I grew up in a martial arts family. You know, I grew up meeting some of the who's who of every style and system. In fact, um, my father has been instrumental and introducing new martial arts styles and systems from all over the world into this into this country and by helping them with immigration letters mm-hmm. and um yeah and so i'm pretty lucky to have witnessed all that i didn't realize how special that was back mm-hmm. then. um but it it would help shape me as a woman because both philosophically and culturally mm-hmm. because at the Chinatown school in those days it was like uh united nations you know people from all different backgrounds were there and i was very lucky to have that because we're still coming out mm-hmm. of the, you know the um the civil rights movement so very lucky well wow. and, I, and i just 
Oh, sorry, Nate, real quick. I just loved, I had watched uh, prior to this um, a few days ago, your uh, sit down chat with Shan- uh, Shannon. And oh, just, yeah. yeah. Like, and because you get it, and that wasn't really even Star Wars. This was all family and martial arts and yeah. just your culture coming up. And that's what really intrigued me. It's just like you said that you guys, like, yeah, obviously Bruce and everyone wanted to be around him, but you guys are just running around the house. Like, it's yeah. family. Like, that's just that. You know, and I come from an Asian background. My dad's, uh, right. you're Hubba Holly, like me. <laughs> I am. My dad, and, and, I kind of took that to heart because I, my dad's seven, 80 something now. He's 87, yeah. but my dad yeah. was five in the internment camps here. Oh, in California. yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. And uh, with my yeah. son being born, I just wanted to make sure I documented that for him. Uh, yeah. You know, so that he, he hears it from his grandfather. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so that, that just really hit me. I just wanted to bring that up because that was, you know, everyone has their own little tidbits that they take from interviews and, and that, the yeah. culture, the family. Uh, and, and that's why I told Nate, I was really excited to, to have you on just, yeah, I'm so glad so you down to earth. That. So one of the three top instructors under my godfather. So it was my father who was more LA, mm-hmm. Los Angeles grounded. And then there was, uh, James Lee, who was more of the Oakland, San Francisco area. Mm-hmm. And then the other person was Taki Kumura, who was wow. Japanese American and was in the internment camps. And yeah. my godfather was so instrumental in helping shape his confidence more because, you know, I mean, it was so heartbreaking what he saw, you know? And so, I mean, I, I feel my godfather was really about helping to lift people up despite whatever personal past trauma they might've had in, in their time growing up. And you see that over and over in my father. I mean, at the Chinatown school with my dad and uncle Bruce in that group. So, or in their organization going from LA to all the way up to Seattle, which is where Taki Kamara was. I mean, you had people coming out of the Japanese internment camps here mm-hmm. in America. Uh, there were two, the Haber brothers that were uh, Holocaust survivors from, oh. from Ger- World War II Germany. I mean, you had all kinds uh, of people just who had so much pain, almost like what we see in Star Wars, right? Where you had the characters have traumatic backgrounds. And then Uncle Bruce was really there to bring people together and lift people up in spirit. Um, I I knew another, my dad had another dear friend who was a Vietnam vet named Larry Hartzell, and he had been in a terrible accident and he couldn't kick anymore. And so Uncle Bruce was the one to encourage him, like, you're going to now get into grappling, you know, Mm -hmm. learn to adjust your training. That's why learning to train in different styles and systems and seeing what their fortes and, and accent and emphasis was, was very important to the individual. So, um, yeah, so that's what was really cool about being around that world. How oh, did the awesome. martial arts influence your career? Because I, I have the feeling that you intended to be an actress first, but this is kind of where you came because you talked about that, about how you were a mom, you have an autistic son, you got to put food on the table and do these yeah. things. How did that, how did the martial arts impact your career? So I will say this, um, you know, I, yes, I definitely wanted to be an actress first. And I trained for many long time with different people um, where my aunt would guide me to. But um, I just found back when I was starting in Hollywood in the 80s and 90s, nobody would cast my type. Mm-hmm. You know, they, And they didn't know what to do with me because, you know, I'm Hoppa Holly or mixed, right? You're like, you're not wide enough. You look a little too exotic and and you're not looking too Asian. Can't do that. You look a little Spanish, but you don't speak Spanish. I mean, I could not get a break anywhere. And But for whatever reason, um, 
my martial arts heritage would serve me uh, culturally in Hollywood. Uh, and I could, um, and it was really doubling for Sarah Michelle Gillar, truly where I got my big break for Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Joss Whedon King brought me in and the stunt coordinator brought me in because they saw me move. And, you know, both Sarah and I had similar body types and they put a wig and I was her first, you know, double actually. We Such a great show. Wow. <laughs> so they're not even the pilot. We had to first do the presentation. In fact, I think wow. that's still floating around YouTube somewhere. And then th there was a different Willow even cast. There was a different actress cast for Willow. And uh, I just thought, wow, this is this is pretty amazing. I think Sarah at that time was maybe 19 years old. I mean, she was coming out of getting like, I think an Emmy award for her, the soap opera she was doing at that time. And um, and that's kind of how my journey began. And, um, and, and I will say I locked arms with another fellow stunt woman named uh, Trish Peters. She did more of the gymnastics portion. And I was in charge of getting banged up and thrown around and doing my arts. And uh, and then from there, I went on doing Walker, Texas Ranger, uh, Face Off. I mean, it just kind of spiraled from there. That's awesome. Working with John Woo. Uh, this is a legendary wow. director. Tell me yeah. about that experience. Uh, John Woo, to me, is a great role model um, as far as being a caring, kind director. I mean, it's, it was one yeah. of the first times I actually experience the director that every time I did a stunt, he would get out of his chair and literally walk up and say, Hey, you good? You know, or he would check in. I mean, this is with wow. everyone. And I, I love that kind of leadership on a set because it, to me, it flows down and it creates great morale. I mean, mm -hmm. Dave Filoni and John Favreau are that way. They, they, and, and all the other directors that they choose, they really care about their cast and their crew. And I think that's the kind of leadership I love and that's kind of leadership I would, you know, want to continue to provide even as a, a director producer. And that's needed in Hollywood because I've seen in my years as a stunt woman or I've heard horror stories of sunsets that are not like that and where the director didn't really care. It's like, OK, do this scene and move on, you know, but John Woo to me was magnificent and 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 caring, first of all, about the well-being of everyone. And yeah, it was an honor to work on his set. And he was breaking ground too here in the States and in, in Hollywood, coming over from Asia and being a force of, of nature out there yeah. and bringing his style yeah. here. Yeah. And, Chow Yun-Fat movies, yeah. Exactly, Chow Yun-Fat yes. was the man. We, we were watching yes. those movies, Jake and I, back in the day in high school. Yeah. I was yeah. Yeah. loved those movies. But beyond that, I, I want to talk to you about inclusivity in Hollywood today. We're coming off a big moment after the Oscars where we saw yeah. some major wins for Asian actors. Right. Uh, you talking about kind of in this world, in that world, and how that caused problems for you i know the inclusivity and this being asian american pacific islander month the month of may yeah. um you've been involved at the forefront in advocacy and, and yeah. i'd love to know about your passion for that and how you see things moving forward from here uh, in regards to the asian yeah, yeah. breaking the barriers uh, finding more roles and and just bringing in more representation yeah and i i think it's really about having the courage to to speak up and share like this is what we're dealing with i i i noticed that times i've had wonderful producing friends that didn't you know in hindsight they weren't realizing that systemically there was a problem mm -hmm. you know and i can't just say this for asian americans i would say this for african americans hispanic americans uh people who are maybe disabled you know i i just you know I, i'm looking forward now more and more as we're seeing more stories being told from 
from people of different communities. And I think it's important because it speaks to a louder, it speaks to a bigger America that we are all part of. And um, so, yeah, I, I definitely, in earlier days, I, I felt I maybe in my own way would, you know, try to make a, you know, a stand about, that's why I did the sensei. You know, yeah. I, I, I wanted to show um, a family, an American family who was a mixture, you know, Asian. <laughs> and, um, and also I wanted to tap into the LGBTQ issues because um, as a martial artist, I was stunned at some of the places I went to across the country. They couldn't, some of the, the school, school teachers I knew were frightened about allowing somebody from a different community, like who, you know, somebody who was gay, they weren't sure if they should accept that person. And I just thought, oh my God, you know, because they were afraid of retaliation from their local community. And I just thought storytelling through film or through music or TV allows us to, you know, also share, you know, do a spotlight, you know, um, and to be able to express like, these are big issues. And so, yeah, I think through my work, I've tried to be an activist. And, and then of course I've had, you know, I've been to the white house um, during Filipino history month. We were trying to really get the word out among, um, to people and members of Congress about Filipino vets that served during World War II and they weren't getting their due and they weren't getting taken care of despite, you know, sacrificing their lives for, you know, the, you know, the greater good of, you know, democracy. Um, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, I've made it my life mission and I'm really, I'm following in my grandparents, you know, shoes because they were activists, um, during the time of the great depression. Uh, my grandfather established one of the first farm unions in the state of California, along with his other colleagues. And, you know, he would address like, you know, how, difficult it was for particularly for filipino farmers to survive they were sleeping in little huts and on dirt you know floors and yeah. you know starving but yet my grandfather was so important he would bring home homeless people and feed them he knew how to assemble uh hunger lines he would you know sterilize trash cans and because he was a farmer he would grab vegetables and they would cook you know have soup lines and yeah um i it's somehow in my blood, I guess. Is that the one you were saying that was in Stockton, if I remember Stockton, correctly? Yeah, that's mm. Stockton, California. Yeah, I was just down there a week ago. I'm up in Sacramento, but you know, from the yeah, Bay from Berkeley. Okay, so I was, you know. yeah, it's... There's a lot of history. In fact, if you go to the Filipino uh, Museum in Stockton, you'll see my grandparents on those walls. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. It's awesome. I also want to talk about something else that's near and dear to your heart, and that would be being a mom. And, and you wrote a book, uh, a child's book. Tell me about that and the inspiration. You've talked about your son having autism, but tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, my son now, he's uh, 32 years old. And he's, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, inclusion. All right. And for him, I, he's an artist. And I'm like watching him. He's so talented. And I thought, let's do something together, son. Let's let's in a fun way, tell our story. And so I teamed up with him and I said, I'll kind of outline a story. And I kind of gave him stick figures of the composition. And I said, draw me a picture and let's just put this out in the zeitgeist, you know, and, mm -hmm. and see what happens. And because you don't hear a lot of stories about what it is to be, a, I guess, an autism family. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's called The Curious Mind of Sebastian. It's about 
him and he's known as SG Inosanto. And uh, yeah, we're going to do some more books too, as well. We're trying to think of some other storylines, but um, yeah, it, it's just important. I guess, again, this is another level of activism is really telling stories about, you know, even to families out there that, Hey, there are families like mine that exist. And, and I just want you to know, this is what autism is. And, um, and I'm glad we did it. Um, I did my first comic con, what was it a year back in 2020? Yeah. 2021 in Chicago. And I was amazed how many families, uh, who have autistic children. I even had some you know, people who are fans who have are on the spectrum and they were just kind of reaching out to me. And I, I love having that connection with them. I really do. Well, this connection that we all share for us, it's around Star Wars and everything you've done. And and I, I saw something that you have. You met Tamara Morrison back in the day. Is that is that correct? <laughs> back yeah. in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. And it, just that strange connection to Star Wars there. OK, so my husband, Ron Balicki, who also is a choreographer, you know, stunt coordinator and an amazing martial artist, um, you know, um, primarily under my father, uh, he was already training Tamara Morrison for a show, a movie called Barb Wire. Yep. With Pamela, right, with Pamela Anderson. And uh, and this is kind of actually how I got my foot in the door as a stunt woman. And uh, he was training Tamara, I would say for, I think four to six months. It was pretty intense, you know? And uh, there was a role uh, for, I think it was like the security guard or something like that. It was originally meant for a man. And uh, on a day that we were, they were show Tamora and Ron were demonstrating uh, the, the choreography. There was a little hang up or something, and they asked me to be to do the, the role, the other security guy. And I went up there and did it, and then thinking nothing of it because I was just trying to help my future husband because we were engaged. And and then all of a sudden, uh, the producers uh, later went up to my to Ron and said, "Would you? Would your fiance?" want to be in barbed wire and do this fight scene with tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I maybe. And sure enough, I'm like, yeah, I'm in, you know, absolutely. And it was so great to do this fight scene with tomorrow. I mean, he's, he's so funny, you know, um, you know, he started off as a, con- a comedian. In the I did not know that. I did not know that either. He was never <laughs> supposed to have the role of Jake. And it was actually supposed to be a different actor, I believe, if I understand this correctly. And uh, for whatever reason, the other actor couldn't do it. So it was Tamora that was put in that role. <laughs> but he actually, from my understanding, was a comedian or had a comic background. So he's such a force of nature. I mean, he's so funny. I mean, you watch him on Star Wars Celebration. Yes. Yeah. It gets yeah. You, could, you could see it now. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's amazing. I, 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 I just, I love Tamora, and the fact that we have this long history with him. Um, yeah, yeah. So. That's a cool connection. It, are there any memories? And they're maybe hard to pinpoint. And I'm putting you on the spot here. Is there any memories oh. or favorite Star Wars moments from the projects that you've worked on so far? And granted, you might not be able to say what if that's the case. But is there something that stands <laughs> out to you that you can share at this point? A favorite moment for me. Yes. Yep. For you. Oh my God. Oh, I know. God. And you might I not be able to say God was out there. And all. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> let's see a favorite moment. Cause I have so many favorite moments. Um, you know, I already told you about, you know, being able to sit on the stage, watching yeah. the trailer with the fans. That actually, I do love that. That moment. definitely qualifies. Yeah. It definitely yeah. qualifies. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. As far as being on the set, 
there was a moment when they were testing um, hair and makeup and they had me do it at the same time with Rosario. And so it was really my first time really to just be there with Rosario. And she goes, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> good. And yeah. we're just standing there on the stage and all the crew is behind us and they're doing their light. And, um, and there was just this moment. I think we both had like, wow, we're two women two women that are going to be the first in live action to do a, f- a magnificent fight scene together. And then two women technically of color, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. even though we're part of the, you know, uh, greater global family. And, and it just, I think we both were just kind of taking this in and to be able to um, lock arms with this woman, you know, cause Rosario is so special and she's so kind and she's such a, force of nature in her, in her own way. You know, um, this woman comes from a place of love and strength. Um, and that, so that was a magnificent moment for me. The other moment was just meeting George Lucas. Wow. That was, I forgot he was there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I didn't know if I could really talk that much about it until John Favreau brought that up at the Ahsoka panel. I'm like, Oh my God, he's bringing this up that I'm at George Lucas. And and Kathleen Kennedy and Doug was there and they were great. They were there to visit the set. Uh, I I think, you know, George and Dave obviously are very tight. Everybody's like family and they just, for whatever reason, he was there to support. And, and so to meet George, uh, John was the one that did the introduction. And and again, having that surreal moment and meeting Kathleen and uh, I think George was um, said something like, okay, go ahead, more snap. And, you know, and, you know, and then he starts going on about Kira Kuros- um, uh, Kurosawa and, mm. and his movies. And I'm like, I'm having George Lucas giving me a history lesson. Right? Kurosawa, this is happening. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just incredible. And I think John was, you know, I can see John smiling and Dave's yeah. like, you know, looking at the monitor and, you know, it was just this surreal moment that these, these larger than life people are, are right here in front of me. And I get to, you know, share this special moment of just meeting everybody. Um, yeah, I was, that was something I will always take with me for sure. Always. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot now to the hard topics because there's NDAs in place. There's all sorts of yes. secrecy. What can you tell us about Morgan Elsbeth as we look to Ahsoka? What are we going to know her better? What, what can you tell us at this point about what we can expect to see? Well, yeah. Okay. So what I can tell you, you will definitely know more about Morgan's background for Good. sure. Good. For sure, you're going to know more about her background. Um, and I will definitely say, um, and I think it's already pretty obvious, but I mean, she's completely loyal and dedicated to Thrawn. Very loyal and dedicated to Thrawn. And um, and I think it will, it will start to make more sense why she is, you know, absolutely... Nothing will move her from being loyal to him. Um, what else can I say? I think what people are going to, I hope, are going to be pleasantly surprised. I know I am as a fan, is how epic this is going to feel, especially for a streaming show. Get this on a big TV, people. Let it be your movie theater. Yes. <laughs> I almost yes. wish 
Yeah, um, it is so epic, so mythic. It is so filled with action. Um, and yet, you know, Star Wars, again, is always about family. And, yep. you know, Dave Filoni talks about it's always about hope. And I think it's just going to resonate about with all the things that we love about Star Wars from the very beginning when we first saw the first Star Wars with with Mark and Carrie and and Harrison and you know I mean yeah Harrison Ford and yeah I think I think you're gonna like that. I what would you say about the action sequences you've taken part in? Uh, what what would you say like is you talked epic? Do you feel I mean are you coming out of those things really bruised up and battle worn? I mean what's <laughs> what's the deal with that? It definitely. I will tell you this, um, we were like a football team and yet, um, awesome. yet we, we you, and you know, if you're a football player, um, and my dad worked with the Dallas Cowboys, so I can, I think I can go into this, you know, we had our bumps and bruises, you know what I mean? And we were working some intense hours for days, for days. I mean, just to give you an idea, you know, when I did Mandalorian, that was a 17 hour, pretty much around a 17 hour day for us. Um, and so to collectively, you know, it was incredible. All of us, the shape we had to get in the months of training. Um, and even me as a, a former stunt woman as, uh, as a martial artist, I mean, you had to train and, and, um, yeah, it, you, the action is incredible on this. And to have Mean Q and her team design some of the, to design the choreography, um, you know, I think you're going to see a, a lot different mix of flavor compared to maybe what we've seen before. I think I can say that. Yeah. And uh, she's amazing. And yeah, I, I'm hoping you guys will all be happy. I really oh, do. What? Well, I mean, personally for me, I mean, you've got the the old school, you know, Vader and Luke. You've yeah. got Darth Maul's, you know, his uh, Phantom Menace one. But I think, you know, with 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 you and Rosario's, I mean, even that small. I want more clip, of the spear. I want to see the spear. Ah, yes. The small the small clip that you guys did. I mean, you just talked about it a little bit ago. How like when you guys got on stage, you're like, oh, like what it meant to you guys. But even as a viewer. It was epic. I mean, it it it's kind of a new age epic of how big this can be, not just for the symbolism of you know two women leads, you know, yeah. and all that, but I mean, you guys yeah. have those background. I mean, you have that background, and Rosario has the heart and passion of what she's oh, yeah. doing. And she's a not she's a natural athlete. Uh, yeah. You can do anything at Rosario. She honestly, she's a natural athlete. So she and whether you can say or not, I just hope that that's a preview of what we get to see, you know, in coming com coming forward. Like I want to see you bust out that spear and yeah, maybe a couple other weapons I, too. But do yeah. I'm hoping damage. for what are they the shorts the screamer sticks? Is that what I'm thinking? Ah! Of? Like one per hand going up against lightsaber. Oh, you you guys will see. Trust me. Yeah, yeah I'm so excited. Yeah. Talk that. about Dave and, and him heading like I know that John's involved, but this is Dave's vision. What was it like working with Dave on this? And what do you think that he uh, when he is you know, working on all this? What do you what did you pick up from him and what he's bringing? What, what's the vibe he's bringing with everything? He's so zen. Yeah. I, he, I, and I say zen, meaning he is a calm and you need that out of a director. You know, I, I think there's and John is wired that same way there's a calmness to them so and you need that and yet he's so specific with his vision and he can guide you and he can tell you backstory and history because if there's questions you have about choices or why the character is there i mean he's like a walking and you know encyclopedia he can tell you you know what's happening 
with this character, why this is happening, um, what your approach might be. And, and that's important, you know, when you're an actress and you're hearing this from a director that they have, they're, that they're pretty crystal clear on the direction of where the scene is supposed to go because X, Y, and Z is supposed to happen. Yeah. He, he's a magnificent director and, um, and, and everybody just wants to just soldier and be there for him and and to make this happen. I mean, honestly, we lock arms and it's, and I'm not saying this as lip service, there is some, a really beautiful family element to the Lucas family, um, to Lucasfilm, to, to this Ahsoka set. It was incredible. I love every one of those crew members, everyone, you know, ILM, everybody, hair, makeup, electricity, everybody there. It just, it's incredible. And, um, and then John also was just a beautiful force walking through from set to set. Cause sometimes you had different units going at the same time. And uh, they, I don't know how they held it together, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> we can't wait to see you in this show. We're so glad you're coming back. We're short on time at this point, but I want to go through. We have a set of seven questions we like to ask people. And uh, it's putting yourself in the shoes of if you're a Jedi, that sort of thing. Uh, so let me roll through these. Okay. And it's the first thing rapid that pops fire. in your head. It's a rapid fire deal. Oh boy. So oh boy. first question, okay. no thinking, just answering. Okay. Uh, you're hanging out in a space cantina. Who are you? Are you a smuggler? Are you a hero? Who are you in that space? Chewbacca, canteen? man. Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, what's your lightsaber color? Purple. All right. I like it. Uh, do you have a favorite quote from Star Wars? Oh, shoot. Uh, well, always may the force be with you. Always. Can't go wrong with that. Yes. Uh, let's say you're a pilot. What are you flying? What's your starship? Destroyer. <laughs> the big one nice. bring the bin guns i like it okay right. uh where do you stand um there's a theory out there that jar jar binks was actually a sith lord and manipulating everything all the time and putting forward this this uh, i'm a bumbling oaf thing where do you stand on this theory do you like that idea or do you think it's fine as is i think it's fine as is i, <laughs> I think it's fine as is. who is the true hero of star wars overall who's the overall true hero Always George Lucas. There you go. <laughs> and your favorite Star Wars movie of all time or series, as the case may be. <sighs> the original, man. The one that started it all. I yes. love it. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. She is Diana Lee Inosanto, and she is simply terrific. Uh, thank you so much yes. for joining us. We wish yes, you well in you. all your pursuits. We look forward to seeing you on screen and back here again with us in the future, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Diana. <laughs> Thank you, this thank, you so much. thank you very much. You guys are amazing. Thank you. <laughs> and that wraps up our show for today. Remember, you can watch the full uncut interview with Diana Lee in Asanto on our The Force Geeks YouTube channel, along with some other great interviews and recent podcast episodes. Our thanks again to Diana. She was absolutely wonderful. We're so thankful to have had her on the show. We look forward to having her back again. Remember, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many other platforms where you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a positive review, and engage with us on social media. Join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to check out the Force Geeks of Star Wars podcast listener group that's on Facebook. That's where you drive the conversation. We appreciate 
appreciate your support and look forward to connecting with you. May the Force be with you always.